This is Life in the Passing Lane, an audio biography by me. I'm Alex Bennett. This chapter entitled, See America First. As you remember in the last uh, chapter, um, nothing was going right, <laughs> you know? And my friend Shecky and my friend Steve said, you got to come out to New York. New York was where you once had a great previous success. People still remember you here. And if you could get a job anywhere, it would be here. Which kind of made that strange because I was so big in San Francisco, you'd think every station in town was looking to have me go to work for them. But San Francisco is a very, what's the word I can call, trite town. They really, they think of you as a competitor, and once you're no longer a competitor, rather than say, hey, he was really good, we should hire him, they go, oh, he was our enemy, we don't want anything to do with him. So I couldn't find work in the very city where I had been a tremendous success. But they told me, come on out to New York, you know, this is where your destiny lays. So Steve had offered me a, a apartment to his apartment to live in, which I started to live in, and uh, uh, I went to work for him. And then I decided at a certain point it was time for me to leave California, to move out of California. Keeping an apartment at $2,300 a month uh, was at this point a major expense since I had no money. I was really living off credit cards, okay? So it was a move that just had to be made. So I took a couple of weeks off from Steve and working at his place and said, I'm going out to California to close the place down. I went back to California, as I said in the last chapter. Uh, I think the last thing in that apartment the night before I left was the bed, so I'd have something to sleep on. Otherwise, I'd completely given away the furniture to people. I'd given away all kinds of things, and the rest went into a storage locker in Petaluma, California, where it sits to this very day, costing me 350 bucks a month. Anyway, Shecky said, look, here's what we'll do. Uh, once you close the place down, we'll rent a minivan, and then we will travel out to New York. I'll come to California, and we'll do a trip across the country. And that seemed like a really great idea. So we loaded up the minivan with what were two Trinities. That was the studios in a box that I was taking out to Steve in New York to use in his studio and some of my personal belongings that I might immediately need and uh, we set out for parts unknown. Well parts unknown actually was across the United States to go from San Francisco to New York and uh, I want to talk to you about that trip because you know I got to say something we very seldom ever have time to see the United States we think about going to trips to Europe or to China or we want to go to Cuba or we want to, we want to get out of here. And that's all well and good. But, you know, at some point in your life, you should say, you know what we're going to do this year? We're going to go to America. We're going to go see America because it's an incredible country out there. We have an incredible nation with a diversity of, of climate, a diversity of geography and topography that is probably unmatched anywhere in the world, you know? So uh, we started to set out across America in that kind of mythic trip that you take. I remember I'd taken that trip with my parents years earlier, 
And I remember, I remember when we took the trip, my father would go down to AAA, and they had a thing called triptychs. These were little maps they made up. You said, I'm, I'm going from uh, uh, San Francisco uh, to New York, and I want to go through Chicago, and I want to go through Arizona, and blah, 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 blah. You tell them what you want to do, and then they would go in, and they would take all these little pages, and they would put them together in this flip book. And this flip book then had, like, indelible ink with where you were going to go on the road. I mean, it was a pretty complicated thing. This was not the days of computers where they just said, oh, he wants to go from here to there, and you went, da, 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 and the next thing you know, you got yourself a booklet, right? They made these things up. I mean, this was the big reason you belonged to AA is so you could get a triptych. And we would, you know, follow the pages. And some of the pages were more miles than other pages. But every time you got past another page, you got closer to where you were going. And uh, that's the way we traveled the first time. But I had something better than a triptych. I had Shecky. Shecky is, among other things, number one, he's a film curator. He loves films. Uh, he knows more about film than I will ever know in my lifetime. Uh, he, is a, he has a baseball card collection par excellence. He has comic books. I mean, this guy is a renaissance man, but the best thing he does is being a navigator. He gets the map out and he says, okay, we're going to turn left here and you're going to turn right there. And here we're going to go down this highway till we get to there. And our first stop was, had to be Las Vegas. Now, you know, I'm not a big Las Vegas fan, but if you're going across the country and you're going to stop somewhere, you should either stop in Reno, which is a small town, biggest little city in the world, or you go to Las Vegas. So we went to Las Vegas, and Las Vegas was our first stop on this uh, epic journey of Alex and Shecky. And um, we spent the night in Las Vegas. And our next um, uh, place to go, okay... And, and this all gets kind of a little uh, little circuitous because Shecky wanted to see certain things, and so did I. So in this early part of the trip, we uh, headed north um, uh, to uh, Zion National Park. Now, you know, Zion National Park is one of those national parks a lot of people don't go to, but it's a beautiful national park. None of these places are national parks because they aren't wonderful. And so we went to we went to Zion, and at Zion, I had my first taste of being aged. Now this is uh, July uh, two thousand three. Okay, that we're doing this trip across the country, and in two thousand three, I was sixty three years old. And we show up at Mount. Uh, we show up at Zion National Park, and of course, you get the forest ranger, and uh, hey, you know, here's how much it costs to get in. And then he looks at me and he said, are you a senior? I said, well, I'm 63. He said, well, 62 is the age. I said, well, 62 is the age for what? He said, here is a silver pass. And I said, what's a silver pass? He says, any national park you want to get into in the United States, just show them this card. You get in for free because you're a senior. And I said to myself, oh, my God. This is the first time this, I mean, it's a benefit, it's wonderful, but it's the first time I've ever been called a senior. So we drove through Zion National Park, and it's just really lovely and beautiful, and Shecky was happy to see it too. 
And we went up to Lake Powell. Now, I don't know if you know Lake Powell, uh, and, and there have been some stories lately about Lake Powell. Lake Powell is this artificial lake because it's got this heck of a big dam. I mean, if, if you were to say, okay, in that region, what is the second largest dam? There would be Hoover Dam, and then there would be Lake Powell. But most people don't realize how big that dam is. But when we drove up to it, I went, this thing is huge. And Lake Powell was being used as a uh, kind of a recreational area because what had happened, because they built up the dam, it created a lake, much like uh, Hoover Dam created a lake, okay? Uh, and uh, people used this for recreation, for boating and everything else, and it, uh, it was uh, quite the destination. But recently I read that because of drought and because of uh, global warming and everything else, that reservoir is starting to dry up, even though it's backing up the Colorado River. It's back up from the Colorado River through Lake Powell. See, the Colorado River up above is stunted by Lake Powell, and by uh, the, the, the dam, Lake Powell Dam. And then uh, you go down to Hoover, and then it really uh, turns it into electricity like crazy. So we did that, and that was really that was that was very nice. And what we then did is here's something most people don't see. You know, when people want to go to the Grand Canyon, they go to Arizona, and that is the uh, kind of the south end of the uh, Grand Canyon. It's beautiful there. That's where all the big shots are taken of it. You know, it's where it looks to have its most grandeur. However, that's not the place to really go. You want to go see the Grand Canyon nobody else sees. You go to the north side of the Grand Canyon, and that part of it is just right in the beginning of Utah, okay? And uh, we went and saw the Grand Canyon and if, if from that point of view, and it doesn't look kind of like the same Grand Canyon. Uh, it's a lot more woody and... Uh, uh, it's uh, it, but it's beautiful. It is just gorgeous, and there, are, of course, a lot of places and lookouts and so on. And so that's how we spent uh, our day at the Grand Canyon. What we decided then was that we better get ourselves some sleep. So I think we booked into a hotel that night. And uh, having seen the Grand Canyon and, and Zion National Park and Lake Powell, we got a good night's rest because our next stop was going to be one of the most iconic places in all of America. It's called Monument Valley. Now, you probably know Monument Valley. You certainly have seen Monument Valley. Anytime they say, uh, here is a, uh, a look at the United States of America, the, the one picture they show are these rock outcroppings, these magnificent monuments of nature called Monument Valley. John Wayne, with John Ford, made a lot of movies in Monument Valley, and also in another valley, and I can't remember the name of it right now, which is about 75 miles away. But Monument Valley may be as a natural resource in this country and as a, top, uh, a topographical uh, and geographical site, the most photographed, I think, in all of America. I can't think of anything you see more than Monument Valley. And we just had to see it because, of course, this is where John Wayne made the movies and John Ford directed them and so on. 
And so uh, off we head to Monument Valley, and we arrive there. It's strange. You know, Monument Valley is so iconic um, that you would think it was a national park, but it's not. It's owned by the Indians. And I think they wanted maybe to make it a national park, but the Indians wouldn't let them. And so there it was, and we were looking at those, those giant, I have to call them monuments of nature because it's like nature said, I'm going to build some monuments and here's how they look, you know. And what a great place to take photographs and what a great place to shoot movies. They still shoot movies there to this very day. So now Shecky, I ruined Monument Valley for Shecky in a way. Shecky wanted to go down and drive into the kind of into the valley. You, you're up, kind of up above it. You're looking at it. It's beautiful. You see it. It's exactly what you were expecting. But I had these two trinities with me, these two electronic devices, and they were in the back of the car. So we start traveling down the path to go through Monument Valley, and it's bumping up and down so much, I'm worried that it's going to break these trinities. And so at one point, I finally said to Shecky, this is getting to be too bumpy. If I didn't have these trinities, I'm with you all the way, but I can't do that. And Shecky said, oh, come on. And I think it's maybe one of the only things that, that Shecky resents about that trip is that I didn't go down into the valley itself because the road was just, it was like, it was like driving on rubble. And I had two giant pieces of delegate electronic equipment in the back of the, uh, of the minivan. So we stopped, we looked around, took some pictures. Shecky, by the way, can I mention something about Shecky? I think he invented the selfie. Uh, for, for as long as I've known uh, Shecky, wherever he goes, and he travels the world, he loves doing cruises and so on, has always taken pictures of himself in places by turning the camera around, sticking his arm out, and taking a picture. And uh, he, he was taking selfies long before selfies became popular. In fact, now he says he doesn't take them anymore because everybody else is. But anyway, there he was. He still to this day has a selfie of himself, and I still have a copy of it in Monument Valley. So this was a big deal for us, Monument Valley. We just love Monument Valley. Um, it, 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 it's like if you're a movie fan, you got to see it. And if you're just a fan of America, it's a place you got to see. And by the way, since the Indians run it, and it's the only way they make money, be nice of you to go there and leave a few bucks behind. Okay? So where were we going off to next? Let me see here. Um, there is a place uh, called um, uh, Canyon du Chez. I think that's how it's pronounced. We passed that. That, that was where they had the cave dwellings. You know, those famous cave dwellings that you see where the... The, I guess the Pueblo Indians used to live, and uh, it is just it it is just amazing. You know the interesting thing is when you finally go to these places like um, a, oh a cave dwelling, you're seeing something that's the oldest thing in America. There is nothing older, okay, than some of these things. I mean, when you go to Britain, the one thing I said about Britain is you you can go to a, a castle and run your hands across it and you're running your hands across something that's older than anything you'll find in the United States. But if you want to find old stuff in the United States, it's from the people who lived here before we got here. And that was the cave dwellings. And it was just just marvelous. So Canyon Duchesne. 
Then we, uh, we uh, I, I can't remember, we may have uh, done another night in a hotel somewhere, but we wound up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, here's another thing about Shecky. In those days, the movies uh, used to be released on DVD on Tuesdays. Tuesday was release day. In other words, you would go to Costco and all of a sudden all the new DVDs would be in stock. Or you would get on to Amazon, which was then still pretty new, and uh, all the new DVDs would be ready. Or you'd go to your local uh, store and buy them. I had a store in San Francisco that I used to get all my DVDs from. He'd let me get them a couple of days early, take me in the back room and say, we can't put these on the shelves yet, but here, 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 here. So Shecky said, it's Tuesday. Got to go to Costco. I went, we're in fucking Albuquerque, New Mexico, Shecky. You can wait till you get home, right? He says, oh, yeah, but I want them now. <laughs> so we look up in the phone book, and on our trip across America, let's see, we've stopped at the Grand Canyon, we've stopped at Lake Powell, we've stopped at Monument Valley, uh, we've stopped at uh, Zion National Park. Where else should we go? Costco. Ta-da! We go to Costco. We find a Costco. There it is. It's on the on the road. So we pull in. He gets his DVDs. I picked up a pair of, uh, of sandals, rubber sandals, which, by the way, a good going, Costco. Those things lasted me like 20 years, and I still have them, and they still haven't fallen apart. Okay? They're in my closet, even as we speak. So we stopped at the Costco in Albuquerque. We proceeded on uh, Highway 40, and then at one point, Shecky wanted to take Route 66. Now, if you don't remember, Route 66 was the main road between the West Coast and the East Coast. And you would just travel Route 66 all the way. There were songs written about it. And it was very famous. But the other thing about Route 66 uh, is that it was put out of business. And they replaced it with Route 40. And uh, so you get off Route 40, you get on Route 66, and now you're starting to hit all these ghost towns because... These were towns that had a good business going for them as long as Route 66 went right through them, right? But now that Route 40 bypassed them, these towns were starting to dry up. And I can't remember what the town was that we were in, but we found this one town that looked like it had been in the last picture show. Um, and and it was uh, there was an old movie theater there that was showing something, but it, there was literally nobody in this town. And... Um, I'll never forget that town. I wish I remembered the name of it. But I could call it a ghost town that was created by progress. All right? Uh, so then we, you know, I got to say between that and we hit the Continental Divide and there's a big trading store there and a big sign saying Continental Divide store. Uh, and we stood on the Continental Divide. And then from there, it's a long-held trip before anything really interesting happens. Uh, and we kept traveling and traveling and traveling and traveling and spending nights in hotels. And finally, and we're, this is, we're up to about day three maybe now, day four, and we wind up in Memphis. Now, I got to tell you, I love Memphis. Memphis is one of those towns, you know, you can go to Nashville, fine, go see the Ryman Auditorium, have fun. But if you really want, want uh, a, a town with, 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 with flavor and with feel, uh, Memphis is that town. And uh, there are several things to see there, not the least of which, and I will say this kind of, oh, reservedly, is Graceland. 
Now, Graceland, of course, was the home of Elvis Presley. And when you're in Memphis, you got to go to Graceland. It's the law, right? And we went to Graceland. And, uh, uh, you know, Lisa, Lisa Marie, the airplane he had, is parked there. And he's buried there along with the entire family. Uh, and uh, it is a, uh, a tribute to, I think, bad taste. He had one place called the Jungle Room in which it's meant to look like a jungle. And I'm going, why would you even do this? This is, this is like, yeah, this is pure Elvis. This is pure white trash. And I didn't, I wasn't that amazed with Graceland. You know, they try to, I guess it's for people who absolutely love, uh, you know, um, uh, Elvis Presley and can't get enough of him and love his history and so on. Quite frankly, I was a minor fan of Elvis Presley's but I was a fan of a lot of other people, and that was the other tour we took in Memphis. And that was a tour of the Sun Studios. Now, Sun Records, in case you don't know, and I should tell you, uh, although most of you probably do know, was the place where Elvis Presley started. It was the place where uh, Carl Perkins started, where Jerry Lee Lewis started, where Johnny Cash started, where B.B. King started. I mean, I could go on and on and on. This record label was a tour de force, and it was a small little studio, small little studio in Memphis. And it turned out hit after hit after hit, and major recording celebrities after another. RCA bought the rights to Elvis Presley away from Sun Records, okay? Uh, Johnny Cash moved on to Columbia from there. B.B. King went on with his career from there. I mean, we could go on and on. There were a lot of lesser lights who were still great rockabilly performers. Anyway, uh, we took that tour, and that tour is absolutely breathtaking. And the reason it's breathtaking is they've actually on the floor put footprints. This is where Elvis Presley stood when he he sang, uh, 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 you know, Blue Moon of Kentucky or whatever. And um, this is where Johnny Cash stood when he recorded such and such. And this is where, you know, B.B. King stood. And, this, and, and, and literally you are, and it's a small room. I mean, it's not a big room. With, at the end, it's got a control room, okay? Uh, and, and it's just a very small room. And it's wonderful because the walls are just, oozing American musical history. So if you're ever in Memphis, eh, you got to go see Graceland, I guess, right? But the place to go is Sun Records. And it's just it's just a real, it's an absolute treat. I think Shecky would agree that, a, a, that, that there was one other place we went in Memphis that was also big on our list. And here's the reason why, because we're sick fucks, Okay. It's the burial place of Danny Thomas, the comedian, Danny Thomas, the guy who had the TV shows, Make Room for Daddy, and so on. He's buried in Memphis at the hospital he created, St. Jude's Hospital. So we had to go over to St. Jude's Hospital and see Danny Thomas's grave. Uh, why? I'm a TV fan. Shecky's a TV fan. We somehow, that are, and out of our sick, quality we had to go see his grave and kind of chuckle as we stood at his grave and when we were in memphis we also had the best meal we had had on the whole trip Shecky had heard about this place called porky's porky's ribs and we went to porky's ribs and it was 
out of this world, out of this world. Now, the place was crowded, but we got to see it easily enough. And of all the places we ate, and we but we didn't eat any place really special unless you consider the buffet at the in in the, in Las Vegas uh, at the Mirage to be a you know a good idea. Uh, it was uh, maybe the Mirage wasn't even there; it could have been another buffet. But the, the, this Porky's Ribs was the highlight, culinary highlight of our of our trip across the country. Then we started to head north. Uh, and, and on the way, hit the most horrific traffic jam you could possibly imagine. But Shecky, the great navigator, sat there with his map and said, turn left here, turn right here. We got off the highway. He went to go down this road here. And by the way, as we went down the road, we passed a place and it said, Abe Lincoln's log cabin. And there was Abe Lincoln's log cabin. But I can't remember where we were. It certainly wasn't in Illinois. They had taken Lincoln's log cabin and moved it down to this place. And I can't remember exactly where we were, but we were uh, heading up the uh, up the right coast of the United States. And we passed Lincoln's cabin. And then he said, left here, right here. Before we know it, we've bypassed the whole slowdown, and we're on our way again. Well, our last big stop before we uh, started hitting uh, uh, New York City was to stop in Mammoth Caves, Kentucky. Now, this is, I think, one of the largest caves in America, if not the largest cave group in, in, the, uh, in the country. Uh, it, is, uh, it is huge, and at one point in the tour, they turn out the f- lights and you cannot see your hand in front of your face. That's how dark it is down there. And then the guide lights a match. And it is so dark in there that this match lights up the entire place. Just a, wonderful. Now, I, I have claustrophobia, and there were areas of great claustrophobia, uh, such as this one little thing he had to go through. Somehow, because there were other people there with me, claustrophobia didn't seem to bother me. But if you ever get a chance, Mammoth Caves, unbelievable. I mean, what you see in there is just, you know, above ground, uh, trees and stuff, and then there's this little hole in the ground. You go through this hole in the ground, you go down these steps, and all of a sudden you're in this cave that is just goes on forever, goes on forever. And ultimately, we uh, we got north and uh, headed into San Francisco, where Steve was waiting for us in front of his office, ready to take possession of these two trinities, which we had carefully taken across the country. And um, uh, we unloaded what we needed to unload, and I took the car back to, uh, I think it was Hertz, and dropped it off, and uh, Shecky got on a train and went back to... Uh, to his house in the, in Queens, or maybe I drove him out there. I can't remember one or the other. But then I took the uh, car back, and our trip across the United States was over. But what I got to say to you is, you know, if you ever have the chance, it is the trip to take. And don't do it as fast as we did it. We did it in five days. I wish we had had two weeks because then you can stop and see a lot of national parks. And you can see a lot of the sights of America, and you can visit a lot of the cultures in America, and you can get out into the country where the real people live in this country, 
And just like going to Europe gives you a whole new perspective on the world you live in, traveling across the United States does the same thing for your perception of the United States. It is just an absolutely gorgeous country. And it is a country that you should see. And most of you, well, you're never going to go see it because you're going to stick in those big cities of yours. And then when it's time to go on a trip, you're going to do like me. You're going to go to Europe. You're going to go to Asia. You're going to do something like that. When the very fact is that the best trip you can take is right here at home. This has been Life in the Passing Lane, an audio biography by me. I'm Alex Bennett.